0: You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. altering discussions on freedom vulnerability abundance and so much more for more insight grab your free gift on MattyMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within if you have kind words to say feel free to leave a review on the show in itunes or send your favorite episode to a friend we look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways and now without further ado here's your host maddie moon
1: and welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 144 with your host Madeline Moon and I'm delighted to be sharing with you something a little vulnerable today. It's always a little bit vulnerable on this show, let's be honest, but today we're going to be talking about our shadow sides. This is the side of us that we don't want the rest of the world to know about. It's the side of us that we try to polish up and filter out and edit up whenever we're on Instagram and we're on social media, we're talking to our friends. It's the stuff we're embarrassed about and we kinda wanna fight back when people call us out on it. So yeah, fun topic, right? We all love talking about this stuff. Before we go over there, here's a review of the week. This comes from Cat 1874 and they say, honest, real, refreshing with five stars. Love this podcast. Maddie is a breath of fresh air in a world that is constantly feeding women disordered messages. I am around the same age as Maddie and have been on the similar trajectory of overcoming disordered eating to truly find my inner greatness and live my passion. I have listened from the early days and have loved feeling like I'm on this journey in tandem with Maddie. She is honest, real, and a great interviewer. I love that she brings on a variety of guests who speak to more than just food and body because we all know that's not what it's really about. You got it, Alleycat. Cat. Uh, keep it up, Maddie. You are inspirational and wise beyond your years. Thank you so very much. Thank you. I love bringing on people that have this incredibly vast range of interests and insights because don't we want to have a vast range of insights and passions? I think so. I know for me, at least, I I enjoy being able to learn about things that I've never even come into the face of, never had a reason to know more about it. And that's why I love this podcast. So today's episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic, if you don't remember, I had the founder of this company, Taro Socopula, on the podcast probably now a year and a half ago but four sigmatic is a mushroom mix drink that's better than coffee so if you've been following my journey you know that every now and then i get off coffee i might get back on it but for the most part my energy is not as fantastic when i'm consistently on coffee so about a year and a half ago i guess when i had on, they sent me my first package of this mushroom mix drink they sent me the chaga elixir they sent they sent me the mushroom coffee mix they sent me the uh, superfoods beauty blend and they sent me the hot cacao mix all of them blew my mind and I got off coffee like straight up coffee when I started to transition over using the mushroom mixes with reishi and the chaga and the cordyceps mixes now you're probably like what is a mushroom mix so it's a powdered drink that you can easily consume hot or cold just by mixing in this little packet of powder with water and it tastes freaking fantastic these days what I like to do is mix a little bit of the chaga mushroom or the mushroom coffee mix in with hot water and some cinnamon, some coconut oil, a little bit of half and half. And I will add in either a turmeric blend or some dandy blend, which is uh, like dehydrated dandelion or like dandelion mix, whatever you want to call it. So I make myself a little tonic and it's freaking fantastic. But the The Four Sigmatic brand is the highest quality mushroom mix you can possibly get. And I know I get a lot of requests from you guys for substitutions for coffee in the morning. If you want to get off coffee, try this out. If you don't want to get off coffee, try this out. You do not need to do this black or white, all or nothing kind of thing. This stuff will give you brain power, energy power, energy boosts, just so much more focus for the day. I've noticed a huge difference whenever I um, make sure that I drink my chaga mix or I um, enjoy my hot uh, cacao mix in the afternoon, which is my favorite thing ever. It's so good. So today's podcast is brought to you by them. They are sponsoring the show and they will be sponsoring the next four shows after this. So get ready and get excited to be trying out the uh, Four Sigmatic because you can get 10% off by using the code Maddie. At checkout. And remember, that's M A D D Y. And I will make sure that I have the link to Four Sigmatic on the show notes for this episode, episode 144. Best life hack ever is this drink. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. And I'm so excited to be sharing them with you. Next piece of news is that, as you know, the confidence revival is coming up May 14th to the 18th. I'm going to be having a handful. Of women around the world joining me at the Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health to turn our perfectionist mentalities, our masculine minded brains, into feminine flow and intuition. If you're ready to stop finding yourself anxious and obsessed with doing more and being more and having more and just on this whirlwind of not trusting people and feeling like you have to get everything done yourself and you want more flow and more trust and more relaxation and more beingness and stillness. That's exactly what I'm going to teach you how, how to do at this retreat, as well as get you to move your body, feel good in your body, do some yoga, some dance, some creativity, some hiking, and some good sisterhood fun like that's really what retreats are about it's a revival of the spirit a revival of the soul so if you want to check that out there is a link to that in the show notes for this episode you can also just go to my website and you'll see that on there and all you need to do to save your spot is put down 250 that's it folks and the rest of the tuition you can pay at your own Rate. Whatever works for you, as long as it's paid off before the retreat happens, that's fine with me. I'm very easy with the payment plans. I just want to make sure it's the right group of women that are here in this circle experiencing this incredible journey together. Okie dokie. I think it's time we head on over to this show and we get started talking about the shadow self. Also, you should know I will be doing some more Q&A's after I talk about the shadow self. So if you're one of the the lovely folks who reached out and asked me if I could answer a particular question, I'm planning to dive into eight of those questions at the end of this uh, lesson today. Lesson? I don't know why I said that. This podcast. I'll be diving into a few of those. I've got some announcements. Some of it is about body image, if you're like interested in that. Some of it is about female figures that I aspire to be like. Some is about what kind of movement that I do and audiobooks that I like, all that good stuff. But before that, let's talk about why you should bring your shadow self into the light. Okay, guys. I have a darker self. I have a shadow self. I have a side That's less attractive, a side that's not socially acceptable. This side, well, she's shamed a lot of the time. She's a little nervous to be seen. She hides in secrecy, and only a few people have seen her, fully seen her. Even then, I spend a lot of time apologizing for her appearance when she does come out. This side of myself is stubborn. She makes situations that could be very easy quite difficult. She bottles things up. She can be rude to strangers and customer service. She takes a while to forgive people, close people in her life, when there are miscommunications that could just be easily laughed at and moved on. These qualities about myself are not fun. I don't particularly like them. But even though I don't like them, I have learned to be compassionate towards them. I understand that I have this side of myself for a reason, a powerful reason, whether it's because of watching a family member interacting with customer service when I was growing up and I imitated what they did or how they acted, or if it's because I've had struggles with forgiveness in the past and maybe I wasn't forgiven very quickly when I was younger and now I do that to other people, I don't know. But there's a reason why I have created these habits or tendencies within myself. Now what do you think the world would be like if we all allowed our shadow selves to come out and fully express themselves whenever they needed to be expressed? How do you think people would feel if their hearts were so open that they unapologetically allowed all of themselves to be known and to be seen? So I was recently having a conversation with a beautiful friend of mine who owned her shadow self like I have never seen before. She was telling me about a car ride that she was having with her boyfriend and he told her that she was being bossy at one point. And she giggled, she said and she she said back to him, "Yes, I know I'm bossy. Being the type of woman I am, the type of woman I've had to become. There are times when bossiness has So served me. It has come in handy and it's been necessary to be in my flow. And it's also part of my shadow self. It's a strong part of me. So it comes out in this beautiful positive light when I need to get stuff done and bossiness comes in handy in a good way. But then it also comes out in my shadow self whenever it's maybe a little mixture of ego or something else is is combined with that. Instead of fighting against him or letting... Her ego come out in this instance, she flat out admitted with a smile that she does have this side to her. No shame, no embarrassment, just acknowledgement as her heart continued to remain open and available to him. When I apply this to my own life, I can think of only a few instances I have smiled and acknowledged my shadow self when she's been called out. But I can think of many instances where I fought back in shame. For example, my friend told me recently that I'm the most stubborn person he knows. I wasn't moving past an argument that we were in even though I had absolutely no reason to hold on to it and he told me I was being stubborn for it. Now, side note, I I also think it it wasn't that that much time that I that between the argument and being expected to move on. And I will say that I believe most women do not have as easy of a time compartmentalizing things. So whereas for a guy, it's like, let's compartmentalize that argument, now it's done, let's move on, new section, new compartment. For a woman, it all meshes together. And I won't say for every single woman, but for me at least, it takes some time for me to feel safe again or to feel vulnerable again. But I have learned to understand that sometimes I hold on to the grudge or hold on to the energy of the fight longer than serves me. It would serve me more to move on. Now, I don't need to pressure myself. I don't need to get mad at myself if I can't move on quickly. But accept that I'm mad maybe and see how that helps. So when this person called me out for being the most stubborn person he knows, I folded my arms, I looked away, and I growled, No, I'm not. I'm not stubborn at all. But in truth, I am I'm way stubborn in fact if you listen to the episode I did with Gretchen Rubin where we talked about the four tendencies of people she told me on that podcast that I am the rebel I purposefully want to rebel against a situation and do the opposite of what is expected and how she knew this is I gave her an example of how it's kind of difficult for me to go to gyms or studios that I have to sign up for the class in advance because normally whenever the class finally happens, I want to say, no, no, I don't want to go. Never mind. I don't want to go because they expect me to go and I don't want to go. So I get locked in of having to go to it or I lose money or I lose a a class pass. So this was an indicator that I'm a rebel. And I've noticed this in, in other ways in my life. Sometimes I can... Just want to not do things the way that I'm supposed to do things because other people tell me that I'm supposed to do that that way. And I automatically, like, seriously, like autopilot. It's like, no, I can't. I can't do that. No, I need to do it this way. And I, like, my my tendency is to rather choose the path that would be more struggle but get a different outcome than the one that they expect strange right but i'm glad that i know this about myself because i've also had to be stubborn in other areas of my life stubbornness is what's motivated me to keep going after my dreams and ignore the hundreds of people that laughed at me when i said i was going to make money being a coach and a podcaster stubbornness in some some lights are it's not very it's not a very pretty quality it's not award winning and normally when someone says you're stubborn they're not saying you are stubborn girl you are so stubborn i love it normally it's not that normally it's like the example I gave I gave above where I was like you're stubborn move on and so I had to realize that the stubbornness the shadow self it's also something that comes out into the light and helps me in positive ways and I don't want to be ashamed of it in fact I want to own it I want to own up to it and I don't want to argue against people who say that that part of me exists I want to say yeah you're right it does. And then I can look at the situation judgment free and think, how could I have used this stubbornness in a way that would have benefited the relationship or benefited myself or the benefited the ideal outcome that we wanted out of this? Like a long time ago, I had to really start putting this stubbornness into action whenever someone else would hire me for a position or a job and I realized, ah, I don't like like working for someone else. I had too much on my own mind to focus on the task given to me by someone else's mind. I wanted it only to be about my mind and what I wanted. I was so stubborn and I'm so grateful for that now today. What we fear the most is that these qualities are going to be called out in a negative light instead of a positive one. Now, this is an egotistical thing egotistical okay it's the ego that refuses to accept something that may be deemed as negative about ourselves plus when we fear that what somebody said is true it hurts even more deep down i kind of knew i was stubborn so when they called me out on it it hurt even more here is the truth we all have a shadow self often that shadow self that shadow self has some pretty incredible powers That have helped us to succeed in life and will continue to do so. The goal is to become unashamed of that side of yourself and even to admit it. Admit that it's real, it's alive. Don't hide behind these parts of yourself and hold shame because of them. This will limit your heart from being deeply available and open to love, to receiving. You'll close off, you'll turn to fear. Instead of letting the shadow self hold power over you, you hold power over the shadow self by accepting her. I'm going to say that again. Instead of letting the shadow self hold power over you, you hold power over the shadow self by accepting her. Love this side of yourself, even if you're working on changing even if you want to change or tone it down, fine. But love yourself through that transition. Be compassionate towards yourself. This part of you has helped you to do wonderful things. And I want you, I challenge you, I invite you, whatever, whatever way you want to think about it. I want you to ask yourself, what's my shadow self? What's my shadow self? Are you sometimes a little bit snippy or you're a little bit harsh with your words? Are you a procrastinator? Do you not... Um, Do you make promises that you don't follow up on? Do you get jealous? Do you feel like sometimes you're sneaky about things? Are you stubborn? Are you bossy? Are you childish? You know, quotation mark, childish sometimes. Do you have a hard time toning down your anger? Do you get angry sometimes? Do you get really fearful sometimes? Do you not trust people? Have discussions with your friends about your shadow selves. Bring these parts of yourself into the light. When you speak up, shame shuts up. If you truly want to strengthen your relationships and be deeply available to love, then start by loving and accepting all parts of yourself. Not only will this drastically increase your own self-love, but also it will increase the vulnerability in a love and the love you share with others. So this is why I want you to bring your shadow self into the light. I want you to undo the stories that you've been told about your stubbornness or your bossiness or whatever it may be. Because anytime I've ever heard someone say that I'm uh, stubborn, it's, it's always been negative. So I automatically assume it's a negative thing about me. It wasn't until... I really started to ask myself, how has this quality enriched my life that I stopped feeling so bad about it? And I'm not perfect. Like I listed earlier, there are plenty of things that I have on my bucket list to improve. Like I mentioned earlier, sometimes in customer, I'm not the nicest to customer service people. What? But to be honest, my father really was not. I grew up being so embarrassed by my dad because he would be so sharp to customer service people. And I spent a lot of time apologizing the minute me and my dad would walk into CVS or whatever place and then he didn't have his prescription right and he would get so mad. He'd walk away and then I would have to apologize profusely and say, it's okay, you're doing your job and basically coach this person through this moment saying, don't worry, you're doing great. My dad's just having a bad day. And my dad is the funniest person ever. He's hilarious. He's one of a kind. But that's one of his shadow selves. That's his shadow self. And I've noticed as I've gotten older, sometimes I can get into a mood where I just snip. And I'm like, what? What? I'm doing exactly what I had to apologize for my father for doing whenever I was growing up. I do not want to do that. So here's where the pattern stops. I could continue to do it. I could continue to be that way, and then whenever I have kids, they'll be that way, or I can realize these patterns now. So I feel that this, what I'm sharing with you right now, this is a lesson not only for you guys, but for me. I'm taking this lesson to heart, and I want to say, yes, I can do this sometimes, and it's okay. And I know sometimes I've had to be stern with, let's say, customer service or whatever to get my point across or to get something done that needed to be done that wasn't getting done but that doesn't mean it's needed in every instance so when what instances is the sternness needed to be and how can i be stern without being rude so that's what the cycle looks like that's what this um this paper trail looks like whenever I go from one point to the next, trying to see what improvement actually looks like to me. It's not shaming myself or being disappointed in myself into a change. It's looking at patterns and seeing how can I tune up this pattern? Where did this pattern come from? right why do i have this pattern what in what way has this has this habit helped me in my life cool a lot of ways well what way is it not helping me or it's not serving the world oh here here and here now what can i change from here so do not be ashamed of your shadow self. And I urge you, I invite you to have conversations with your friends around your shadow self. Maybe send this podcast to your mom, to your sister, to your cousin, your best friend, and then talk together what's your shadow self? Like, how can I support you in loving this side of yourself and being appreciative and grateful of this side of yourself? Not having to shame yourself out of this, but also be able to grow into a different side of the shadow self whenever you need that shadow self to come out the most. What side do you want it to come out? Do you want the egotistical side to come out or the love side, the fear or the love? That's the ultimate question. You can use your shadow self in many instances of life, but the goal is to use it through love, not through fear. Woo! I love talking about that stuff. If you have any questions or you want to dive deeper, please reach out to me. I am highly available. I'm very available. I'm always here. So feel free to message me if you want to dive in deeper with this. Okay, now it's time for the Q&A where I'm going to cover some questions I had sent in. The first question I had sent in to cover was, do you have any recommendations for how to calm down during a panic attack? Great question. And we actually had an entire podcast about this exact thing with uh, the episode with Justin Stenstrom. And that is all I'm really going to say, because that's that podcast. We go through a three step process. I think it was three, maybe it was four uh, process for getting through a panic attack and to decrease panic attacks and how he completely cured himself from panic attacks. That is your all in one resource for that. Are there any audiobooks you have listened to more than once? Not really. I have listened to The Hobbit a couple times, um, but I I kind of have a short attention span when it comes to books because there's so many that I want to get through. So it's hard for me to do more than like one book more than once. But this is an audiobook question. But if I talk about books that I've actually read more than once, The Prosperous Coach, I read that once a year. So if you are looking for Uh, more material and insight into being a awesome coach, why coaches are needed in this world, the Prosperous Coach, and I will have a link to that on the show notes. Do you have any tips on how to deal with refeeding, weight restoration, in parentheses, the physical uncomfortableness of it and the mental difficulty, negative body image thoughts? I'm going through that right now and it's so hard and I want to give up. Okay, here's the thing. This might be blunt, but it's what you need to hear. The thing is, you can always go back to not having weight restored. You can always go back to not eating enough food. That's always available. If this whole thing doesn't work out, you can always go back to that. Now, knowing that, that already should make it a little bit easier, knowing that you can always go back to it. It's not black and white. It's not the end of the world that you're doing this. But then you have to ask yourself the next question. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to go back to all of the challenges that come with restricting from yourself not being at the weight that you want to be at are you ready for that because once you go back to that chances are you'll want to yo-yo and go back to the goal of refeeding and weight restoration so you can always go back to restriction but chances are you're going to want to go back to refeeding so now that you know that it should help a little bit to just get on through it because you're going to have to get through it if you ever want to be on the other side this period is mandatory you have to go through this period and yes it is uncomfortable but what is more uncomfortable right now you're in uncomfortableness there is some fear probably but a lot of that is also in the place of growth you're also in a place of growth physically yeah sure but also mentally you are growing and becoming a stronger person i know that there is a lot of mental mental challenge challenges with this I know that the negative body image thoughts come up. Don't fight that. Let those run through. Do not fight those thoughts. Do not fight those thoughts. Have shames about them. And also add in your life tons of other beautiful things that have nothing to do with food or body image. So if you're going to a counselor, you're seeing a coach and you're reading books and you're listening to podcasts that are all about food and body image, make sure that you're not only focusing on this. Fill your life with other things. Maybe do a bun cooking class to really re- gain that connection with food or go join a bike riding group or go hiking get a dog that's like the number one thing that helped me because I had this I don't know feminine desire to take care and nurture something and I didn't have that and when I got a dog it fed that part in my soul start a garden just do things that are really going to get you back in touch with your feminine nature go back home to where your heart belongs I have uh, over 100 podcasts all about this stuff. So if you go back into the archives, you will be able to find plenty of episodes that are all about body image, food, uh, fears, weight restoration. Just know that you're going through a period that will pass. This too shall end. I went through a massive period of bloat and gas and terrible body image and like looking at my body every single day. I went through that too. And I had to allow myself to experience all of it. The entire human experience. I wouldn't just pick and choose and cherry pick which parts were okay and which were not and shame the ones that were not. I had to experience all of it. And I'm so glad I did because now it helps me to relate and understand you. So let me know if you have any other questions about that. Number four, how'd you meet your boyfriend? Oh, that is just so nice of you to ask. But I, me and that partner have decided to no longer pursue partnership so even though I've brought up him a lot on Instagram in the past few podcasts that has come to a lovely full circle and a close and I've learned so much from that relationship so much that's going to be able to benefit my teachings because I I learned a lot more about harmonizing these energies of the feminine masculine with this partner. So I'm excited to share with that those things with you whenever the time does come. Uh, no, I do not regret sharing him and like that I had a boyfriend and a partner, even if it was only for a little while. Because I am real. I am not a fake person. I am a very real person. And I know some people be like, oh, don't announce this to your to your following unless it's like really certain and because you don't want to like tug and pull your followers thinking that you're like with new people all the time, blah, 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 well, you know what? I'm dating, like I'm a dating person, I'm real, I get excited, I fall in love just like the other person and I would much rather you guys know what's going on fully in my life than just the pieces and the parts that I think are socially acceptable and set in stone because life is never set in stone. So thanks for the question and now you know. What's your favorite way to take care of yourself? Um, probably feeding myself good, nourishing meals. I'm all about food. I love food so much and I just love to feed myself different types of foods and make sure I'm feeling full and good and happy. That is a really big part of taking care of myself as well as getting plenty of sleep. I am a big sleep junkie. It's like my favorite thing about being alive is whenever I'm asleep is yoga your primary form of movement these days or are there some more activities you can share with us so i do a lot of pilates now the mega reformer i joined a studio and it's changing my life it's amazing it's only 45 minutes so i'm in and out the music is awesome so i'm loving that i also do acro yoga once a week and that's a huge part of my life i highly recommend acro yoga to anyone who is interested in doing something different and fun and something that's also gonna help you to learn how to trust more? I learned so, I've learned, I am learning so much about trust in my acro yoga play. So check it out, look online, see if there's an acro yoga uh, group, community group in your city. Because if you go to Facebook and you search in acro yoga Denver, acro yoga Philly, whatever, acro yoga Berlin, you'll find lots of groups and there's lots of meetups for this type of thing. So check it out. Name a female figure who inspires you the most. Oh my goodness, the most. That's the part that trips me up. So if I, can, if I can just say name a female figure who inspires you, that's like way less pressure. And I would probably say, I've said this in the last uh, solo episode, Rosa Parks, I just really love her. Like really, Rosa Parks. Like every time I just think about her, I get these feelings of like, wow, How? You are so brave. That is what it looks like to be a courageous woman making a difference, making a change. That's beautiful. I love Rosa Parks. Okay, last question. I have used natural healing to move through my own disordered eating paths, and I sincerely want to coach and help others with these issues. But I do still have doubts whether I'm qualified enough to help people in this way. What advice would you give someone starting out in this field, and how did you decide to become a coach? I'll answer the second question first. I decided to become a coach because I felt called. I mean, it's really that simple. It wasn't like, let me write a pro-con list of what it's like to be a coach. It was really like, this is what I want to do because I want to help people. I just had this urge to help people. And you're you're literally saying in this question, um that you want to coach others and help them with this issue. Well, there you go. Like that's a great reason to become a coach. (laughs) Also though, you have to know you have to take on responsibility. You are now guiding people. You are now going to make a huge difference in their life one way or the other. Like so many different directions and avenues so you have to know that when you become a coach it's not about you anymore it's not really about your issues anymore it's about them and regardless of what personal stuff you have going on ask yourself are you are you ready and do you feel committed and do you feel like it's possible for you to be able to go through your own personal life but be able to focus completely and wholly on another person and hold space for them for an hour or how often the coaching sessions are, how long they are, are you able to set aside everything going on in your life and be a soundboard and be there for this person? Because even if I have a really shitty week, I can't bring that into my sessions. When I come into my session, I am empty. And that's, that's the way I want to be. I love my good friend, Hannah Beer, who I had on the podcast. um, And I'm just on her podcast too, which is so exciting. Uh, She is beautiful when she talks about, when she talked to me about this, when I was in Amsterdam, being empty. The goal is to be empty. So whenever I'm empty, when I show up in these sessions, they are here. They, my, my clients are what now receive all of this empty space to do, say, be, have whatever it is that they need in this. So, I decided to become a coach because I felt a calling, I felt a longing to serve, and I wanted to be my own business owner, and I wanted to be able to travel the world from my computer and do all my work and be able to talk about whatever I want to talk about on this podcast, and people started to want to hire me after they listened to it, so it it all came out very organically. What advice would you give someone starting out in this field? Well, I just gave you some advice with the emptiness and, and knowing what to expect, but I would also say something that was huge for me. Well, first off, I started blogging back in like 2009. I've been blogging and writing for a really long time. Maybe it was even, it was actually earlier than that. No, 2009. Um, And I, I found, I discovered lessons first. I didn't just start coaching people. I really started to figure out my own lessons and things that I wanted to help people with and I found what am I passionate with helping people with I didn't want to just coach anybody and everybody someone going through a divorce someone's relationship coaching I'm not their coach I had to get very clear on the type of person I want to coach so be very clear on who you want to coach also know that it's okay to struggle and coach at the same time girlfriend like yeah that's what makes you relatable people want to work with me because their counselors couldn't relate to anything they went through or their therapist doesn't give any kind of personal touch. I've struggled from a lot of things and people want to work with me because I get it. I know what it's like and I do bring a little bit of a personal touch into it. It's not completely emptiness and they like that. So if you're struggling still and you have days when you wake up and you look in the mirror and you're like, "Ugh," that's okay. You're human. That's most likely why they're gonna want to work with you because you're human. People want to work with humans. They want a human connection. So don't let imperfection stop you from helping others because that will never happen and then you will never be a coach. Also, I will say that if you do not feel ready to coach or you're really, the the fear is actually coming from a lack of Material or a lack of training, then I would definitely look into getting trained. I will include a link in the show notes to the Institute for the Psychology of Eating, as well as the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Both of those are great programs. I will make sure I have a link to both of those. Those can give you some fantastic training and they hold your hand as you learn how to become a coach. So if you really feel like you need some more guidance, that's an entirely different thing and that's totally possible and available to you. Wonderful. Thank you for the great questions. Thanks for listening to this episode. My beauties, I hope you have a wonderful day. Next week we have an exciting episode, so stay tuned for that. Feel free to email me hello at maddymoon.com with any questions, concerns, tomatoes, anything you want to throw at me. And look into the Confidence Revival. I would love to have you there. It's going to be such an exceptional time and I can't wait. I will see you guys on the flip side. Let's <smart noise> go.